It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, yes! Touchdown! Did I get it! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Love to have you chime in as well on the Full Court Press text line, 435-339-0321. Reactions to the games last night, women's basketball, men's basketball, Utah Jazz. Uh, We'll also have the college football playoff uh, rankings released this hour. So not like anybody around here dramatically going to be affected by it, but we'll take a look at it nonetheless. It's worth discussing. Might as well. It's an interesting discussion topic if you're a college football fan. True. Because I know the entire college world obsesses with these rankings. It is their life. It is their everything. Their entire existence revolves around predicting, analyzing, and just going over the college football playoff rankings. And around here, we're like, oh, that's nice. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> and then they, we go on and talk about Utah State. Yeah, that's true. Uh, nonetheless, it will be released this hour, and um, I don't think any Mountain West schools will be in the top 25, but uh, the, the top five or six will be the most interesting to see how that uh, plays out. Uh, by the way, we were talking at the tail end of last hour, uh, Joe Lunardi ranked all schools in uh, in Division One basketball with his own ranking. Uh, happened. It was released earlier this morning, and... San Diego State, he's got them as, uh, as number 17. Not total surprise there. They're 19th in the preseason poll. Uh, and uh, Ken Pomeroy likes San Diego State as well. Wyoming at 46, Boise State 69, Utah State 79. And in addition, he said these are the tournament contenders. Sweet 16, San Diego State, NCAA Bubble, Wyoming, NCAA round of 64, Boise State, Utah State, NIT, Colorado State, and Sleeper, UNLV. Yeah, and I'll say this, Joe Leonardo, you should never try and predict that kind of thing preseason because you will always be wrong. (laughs) I I don't envy anybody for trying to go through and rank one through, what, 360 363, that's how many teams 363. I mean, once you get past, I don't know, 100, I mean, how do you really know? See, this is why if you're going to do that, you try and use computer rankings. You must have some system that you use. Because at that point, you just can't be objective enough to split hairs between 239 and 240. You can't do it. (laughs) Because sometimes, at some point, you're just going to go off name recognition sometimes. Sometimes in a bad way. Where it's like, oh, San Jose State. Ah, uh, yeah, like 283. You know, something like that. So that's why I, and I generally will like computer rankings even more as a baseline. Roughly how good is this team? You know, is there a margin for error? Absolutely. 
but at least you get a baseline idea. If I say this team is 123rd in Kempong, you get a good idea of how good they are. Right, because uh, he's factoring in a lot of analytics. Uh, who's there? Returning production, new production, guys who were left. Uh, what do you, what does your schedule look like? So there's a lot of different things that are, are factored in there. And Joe, I'm assuming he has his own analytic method. You'd have to when you're trying to consider that many schools, when you're regularly trying to proj- uh, project what the field for the NCAA tournament is going to look like. Um, but you know what? This early in the season, yeah, it doesn't mean much, but it's still fun to talk about. Honestly, I, I may have to break from my normal tradition because usually I don't pay attention to bracketology until February because until then it doesn't matter. Right, true. Granted that I'm now on talk radio, I will, of course, talk about it because it's radio <laughs> fodder, and it can be it's a talking point, and I've got to fill a two-hour show somehow. But in some way, it is completely worthless when you're putting it out at this point. You know, preseason rankings are interesting because then you're, you're, you're trying to project things and we're trying to get an idea. It's our hobby, and we like to try and do it. Um, when you're trying to predict something way down the road, something like the playoffs or bracketology, you need a bit more sample size. It, it's my annoyance. It in a similar. It's, it's similar to my annoyance of the NBA draft happens. All right, way too early mock draft. Sit down, <laughs> you man. Barely got through the the real thing. Take a vacation. But you know what is interesting here, and we talked about this before. Ken Pomeroy was high on the Aggies. Las Vegas was high on the Aggies. Joe Lunardi is high on the Aggies in re- in relation to the Mountain West preseason poll. They uh, these other polls, like these other people that are putting together their own preseason projections and how things are starting to, to to roll out. Utah State said number four, number five, or sometimes the number three team in the conference. Well, the the preseason poll had them at number eight. So one of the interesting things I found, so I put together five different one through sixty threes. I don't know if Joe Lunardi had a preseason one. If he did, I missed it. Um, but three of them were computer-based. Ken Palm, um, one was just like teamrankings.com. I don't know how they put theirs together. Another was uh, Evan Mia. Is uh, He's kind of a new guy on the on the block. And But when I say new guy, it's not like he's some noob. He's like a, I think he has like a doctorate in like statistics or something like oh, that. So okay. smart dude. Um, and he's put together a, uh, you know, you know, computer analytics type thing. He's a site I've already gone to as as a reference. Um, and so those three computer based um, rankings, all three computer based rankings, really liked Utah State. The more human based ones, which I think SI and I think Barstool was the other one. Both of them had Utah State much lower. So, like, I think the team rankings one had Utah State in the 40s, which almost made me throw out their numbers just because, like, there's no way you can be that high on Utah State. That's really high. But uh, Ken Palm had him at 68, and Evan Me, I think, had him in the high 60s as well. Or low 60s, actually. Or maybe even the 50s. So the computer rankings like Utah State. Human rankers do not like Utah State, as evidenced by the, the two, you know, one through 63s that were more human-based and the Mountain West preseason poll that didn't like Utah State. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, but, look, last night it was a fun game for Utah State. We saw, we, we saw the, a team with some versatility, scoring from different spots on the floor, 
Uh, Taylor Funk is as advertised. Sean Barstow has made a leap in his development and confidence. Max Shulga has made growth and shown signs of improvement. And there was some good punch off the bench. We really haven't talked about that bench unit. Uh, Steven Ashworth, solid play off the bench. Uh, we talked a little bit about Dan Atkin, but you know, playing starter minutes, but off the bench. Uh, Z Hamoda struggled with his shot, but active in his defense, and I think he still affected the game in some other ways. Yeah, so here's the thing. You mentioned being one for six. Z Hamoda was plus 15. You know, Utah State outscored UVU by 15 points when Hamoda was on the court, and Hamoda went one for six. <laughs> That, that wow. tells you. And when I was watching him, I did not think for a single second, Aziz having a bad game. I was like, dang, he's doing all right. <laughs> so, you know, you mentioned the bench. We got three guys in the starting lineup who could average double digits between 10 and 15 points between the, you know, for each of them. Uh, Bearstow, Funk, and Shulga. Ashworth is probably going to average around eight, nine points a game off the bench, which is a pretty decent number for a, for a bench guy. Yeah. Um, I think he had nine yesterday yep and so he's probably going to have around that he'll have his night where he scores like 22 because he hits like five threes um but then he'll have some nights where he only has you know maybe he's off but you know average uh, you know eight to nine and so that's really nice to have off the bench you have a, a spark plug score a guy who can get really hot from three well not just that i mean nine points but he also had six boards and five assists yeah so he had some really good assists uh, yesterday with Jones. You know, he only had six points, but he had eight assists. He was moving the ball around. He was great. You mentioned Ashworth's five assists. Uh, so really great guard play. And then you also have RJ Alderock, an experienced guard. Granted, he I think he had the least amount of minutes of anybody, but he's there, a veteran option. If he's your guy getting the fewest minutes in a game and it's a dude who has like 100 career starts, you're probably doing things all right. Yeah. Um, but Z Himoda, I think he might be making the biggest individual jump. It won't be seen in the stat sheet, but Himoda going from a fringe rotation guy to a key bench guy is an enormous jump for him. And Yeah, because he struggled to see the floor. And when he did, it was kind of a roller coaster yeah. uh, to see you know what, what he was going to do. Because it's just raw talent, raw athleticism, not really refined. And he's had more time at this level receiving quality coaching, playing with other people who know what they're doing. And he is starting to fine-tune and be more in control of his game. And, and what he was doing defensively is really what showed out. His, his offense will come, uh, but uh, his defense is keeping him on the floor. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's exactly what I would have said, where his defense is going to be his calling card. It's going to be why he'll average between 10 and 15 minutes a game. Um, offensively, I said this in my position preview, there's a leading score hidden somewhere inside Hamoda. We've seen flashes of it. On the blue-white scrimmage, he had like 14, 15 points. Um, he's a smooth ball handler. He's got a nice handle. He's a decent finisher. Uh, last year, his finishing numbers at the rim were pretty solid. They were, I think, in the mid-60s in terms of percentage. Um, so there's there's some things to work on. His three-point shot last year was like 24% on enough volume to get an idea that he's not a great shooter yet. And I think he was like one... Actually, I think he missed all of his threes. Took one or two threes in yesterday's games. Missed him. Um, so, yeah, his offense is something that will continue to develop. 
His offensive breakout, if it comes, will probably not happen till next year. Um, next year it could be the Mason Falls, Levin Z Himota show. Ooh, but that could w- be fun. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how that goes. Don't want to jump too far ahead. Um, but he's the guy that I'm I'm really impressed with his jump because I was overlooking him. I didn't really think much about Z Himota, and he's not going to be like the guy, but he's going to make a difference on this team. Yeah, uh, I it was. Um, I was expecting R.J. Adelrock to get minutes. Uh, I know that uh, Ryan Odom kind of made um, a reference. I believe it was on Sunday that he's been battling a little bit of an injury um, uh, here and there, so maybe that's still something lingering. But um, but so Hamoda, nineteen minutes on the floor, three boards, one block, three points. Uh, yeah, only one for six. That's got to get better for him. But uh, based on his, his length and athleticism and commitment to defense, he's going to get minutes for Utah State. Yeah. He'll be able to guard some of the more dynamic players uh, that they're going to face in this Mountain West Conference. Yeah, and I'll tell you, Max Jolga played great defense. Uh, Trey Woodbury, the, the guy who's probably going to be the leading scorer for uh, U of U this year, uh, Woodbury wore Max Shulga as a coat the whole night with <laughs> with how close Shulga was guarding him. He'd go up for a jump shot, and Max Shulga's in his face, two arms straight up, saying, all right, shoot over me. And he did, and he would miss it. I need to go back and chart like how— Well, um, and he was regularly in foul trouble. Yeah, so he wasn't on the court a whole lot, uh, but he did take 12 shots in the few minutes he did play because when, when he was on the court, he was the guy. Um, but you know, again, going four of twelve is the guy who is the kind of guy who'll make jump shots uh, all over the court. I'm trying to see, he plays. We played nineteen minutes, took twelve shots. Um, so obviously he was he's a, he's a volume shooter and was trying to get something going, but every shot he took was difficult. He made a few of those difficult shots, but you know, Z Hamoda and Max Julga were the two primary defenders. For Woodbury, and they did a spectacular job. 435 339 0321. If you want to weigh in on what you saw last night for Utah State in both the women and the men's basketball games, uh, season and home openers uh, coming out with as victors, both have the same score 75 to 58 uh, for their games last night. 435 339 0321. Great win for Utah State. Just a uh, solid ball movement. Uh, what was it, uh, 17 assists on the night for USU compared to eight uh, for Utah Valley. Um, uh, turnovers, not bad. I mean, there were 10 turnovers on the day uh, for USU. Uh, certainly, you know, Akin was probably the most egregious there, having a hard time holding onto the ball in those uh, passes into the low post. But um, other than that, really solid play from everybody who saw the court from Utah State. Limited minutes from Dorius. Uh, he did play 14 minutes as a starting center, uh, pulled down a few rebounds, affected some shots defensively, but missed on his two opportunities at the rim. Yeah, and that's unfortunately that's something that's weird with Trevin Dorius is that for some reason as a seven-footer, he can't finish at the rim. I don't know what – like, he's, he's an absolutely excellent hustler. Him and Akin are just absolutely – you know, maniacs down low. And, and Dorius will actually, sometimes he can make things happen because he's all of, you know, seven foot and 250 pounds, whereas Akin kind of, 
he has to stumble around around all the trees up there. Because like, there were a couple of plays where I don't think Dorius got credit for a rebound, but he forced, you know, maybe he forces the uh, opposing team to tip the ball out of bounds on what becomes an offensive rebound, but it's for the team. And Dorius doesn't get credit for that on the stat sheet, but he forced a couple of those. And he's a guy that goes after every rebound, and he's I love watching him play in that sense. And he plays with a ton of energy and hustle. Um, you get an execution on offense. It's mostly going to be him finishing a dunk every now and again. That's his offense. Uh, both teams attempted 19 three-point shots. Utah State made eight. Utah Valley only made three. Uh, the strong defense on the perimeter for Utah State, a big part of why Utah Valley struggled from beyond the arc. Yeah, just you know, good closeouts. There are a lot of times where the defense manages to rotate really well, then they kick it out for a three, but then Utah State's on them right away. And just all over the place. Like I said, Woodbury was wearing shoulder like a glove. And there were other players. You know, when, when Woodbury's not on the court, that means some other poor soul has to deal with Max Shulga or Z Hamoda or these different guys. So they did a really good job of closing out. I think it may have also just been a bit of a bad shooting at it for UVU. It was weird because, mentioned Bandago, in 40 career games, he never attempted a three. He made his first two three-point attempts in this game. <laughs> and I think he might have gone two of two overall. Yeah, he was two of two. Yeah, so and both of those were like early in the first half. So it was really weird. So I was like, oh, he shoots a three and then he makes it. And I was like, wait a minute. Seven-footer shot a three and he made it? They did it again. So it was really weird. Um, and I think Odom was really caught off guard by that. I don't think he was ready for that. <laughs> Probably forced his hand on some adjustments. Uh, so speaking of adjustments, that was going to be one of my last questions here. Is just uh, seeing what this team is like, and there were a lot of questions about Utah Valley, who who they would be. Taj Small wasn't going to be available. There was some question about what center was actually going to start for them, uh, and just having to play through a little bit of the game before they really started to figure out who their opponent was, and what his team looked like in a live game setting, uh, how would you kind of grade out what you saw there on that coaching staff's ability to make adjustments as the game went on? I mean, as far as adjustments, if you look at it, well, they end the first half on a big run. I think they adjusted well there. Uh, they were able to adjust, and, you know, as Woodbury was racking up fouls, they adjusted that and started attacking him. Say, all right, your best player has fouls. We're going to make him commit more fouls. And so they were right on top of that. And beginning of the second half, I think with 16 minutes left in the second half, Woodbury picks up his fourth. So they're able to adjust to the circumstances they were coming in. They didn't attack Bandega, who also had four fouls with like 15 minutes to go in the game. Um, maybe they just didn't want to attack him or didn't have the same means to attack him. Because with Woodbury, you're attacking him with Shulga, with Bearstow, and, and those guys. They may not really have a post guy to attack Bandego. Hmm. Um, and several of his fouls were moving screens. So they didn't attack him as well. Maybe the, the reason is they didn't have a good means to attack. But they did attack Woodbury. And, you know, like I said, when you close out the second, the first half and second half on huge runs, you know, it means you were figuring something out. 435-339-0321 to chime in on the Full Court Press text line. Your reactions to the games last night, both Utah State women and the men, Winning their home and uh, season openers, both of the same score, 75-58. That's really cool. Uh, and uh, Utah Jazz with a really demoralizing victory over the Lakers. 
uh, just to put them in a box and ship them home. Uh, but uh, love to get your reactions to all that. 435-339-0321. Hey, you know what sounds amazing? What's that? Three-day weekends. Well, you know, Schreiber Foods will give you three-day weekends. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they're hiring forklift drivers. You work Monday through Thursday, 12-hour shifts. You get Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off. But I don't know how to drive forklift. That's okay. We do in-house training and certification. No way. Three-day weekends. Here I come. Schreiber Foods is expanding and offering increased wages, benefits, and yes to three-day weekends. Apply online at schreiberfoods.com. Equal opportunity employer. It's engagement season. Time to find the perfect ring. Essie Needham Jewelers is known for beautifully cut diamonds at excellent prices. Guys, the sparkle is what matters most in the diamond you give your sweetheart. Our diamonds stand apart from those of other stores. Come view our diamonds under magnification. Select a diamond that fits your budget and then have it mounted in a ring that she'll love. Remember, you get Essie Needham quality at internet pricing. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7, where Utah gets engaged. Essie Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. Alpine Home Medical has been around for over 25 years. Can you believe that? Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent. What keeps us coming to work every day? We're passionate about caring for you. From home and bathroom safety to transportation, mobility, recovery, oxygen, sleep, and more, come into any of our 10 locations today and let us take care of you. Alpine Home Medical, we bring wellness home. Visit us at alpinehomemedical.com. Prodigy Brewing has so much appreciation and gratitude for the warm embrace Cash Valley has given us. We want to invite you to join us for Sunday brunch from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Our Sunday-only brunch menu features sweet and savory options such as chorro French toast, chilequiles, fried chicken egg sandwich, and a Bloody Mary bar. You also won't want to miss our hash browns. Whether you are out with the family or friends, Prodigy Brewing is the place to be in Cache Valley. Open seven days a week, located at 25 West Center Street in beautiful downtown Logan. Clean it up and get it out before the snow flies. Don't wait another winter. Let DD Auto and Salvage pay you for that junk vehicle. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787 1204. That's 787 1204 today. See store for details. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Mountain West Motors' selection of trucks and SUVs has been specially customized for your next adventure. So whether you're hauling trailers, you're hauling kids, or go not roaming around in the mountains, Mountain West Motor has a unique selection of vehicles. Go check them out at 615 North Main in Logan, or visit them online and see what inventory is on their lot today. MWMotor.com. Uh, college football playoff rankings are now out. And the top six are the same as the AP and coaches' polls. No lot of difference a, there. A lot of consensus, which is either a good thing or bad. I'm not sure. It's probably a good thing in this situation, in my opinion. But Georgia, number one. Ohio State, number two. Michigan, number three. Followed by TCU, Tennessee, and Oregon. So all of them have that all the same. 
Uh, at seven, college football playoff poll has LSU. And in the um, AP, LSU is number seven. But in the coaches poll, they have USC at number seven. So a little bit of variance there. Uh, just to round out the top ten, USC number eight in the college football playoff poll. Uh, Alabama at number nine and Clemson at number 10. Uh, Utah, by the way, at number 13. No schools from the Mountain West in the poll, but Tulane at number 17. UCF at 22 as the non-Power 5 schools that are in their top 25 poll. That's decent representation. Obviously, the Mountain West not getting any with them having a certainly a weak year, and I don't think anybody in the Mountain West has a chance to get into the into that poll. Just because Boise State is the closest, but they don't have good enough opponents remaining on their schedule, they'd have to beat them like 300 to zero each time, <laughs> and then the college football playoff would just still say, "Ah, big schedule." Yeah, San Jose State got a vote in the AP. Boise State got a vote in the coaches. Um, but Fresno State could be an interesting team that could still emerge. Um, with uh, with Hayner back, but uh, you're right. I mean, it's I would be surprised if any Mountain West team cracks the top 25 at this point with only a few weeks of the regular season left to go. Yeah, I'd say Boise State has the biggest chance because they're the ones that are undefeated in conference play. Um, of course, I guess didn't they just? Well, they just lost to boy to BYU. Okay, that really hurt their chances. I just forgot about that. So, okay, so Boise State's out of the mix because they they so they just lost. So yeah, that does throw them out. So. Yeah, I guess no chance by anybody. I'll amend my statement after remembering <laughs> what happened this last weekend. Yeah, chances of uh, participating in a New Year's Six Bowl, that looks like that's out the window, too. Well, that's been out for three weeks. Yeah, it's been out for a little <laughs> while. It's true. That's true. Uh, but that could be, I mean, Tulane right now is in the driver's seat. UCF not that far behind. Yeah, so we'll see. It just depends if, you know, who loses at that point. At this point in the year, it's just, all right, who loses? It's not about... You know, who's winning what games? It's just who loses. It's the game of who loses. Because <laughs> that's what it is, you know, with LSU eyeing the, um, you know, playoff. You know, they're looking, of course, for them, I guess it's it's winning the SEC title game. And if you're uh, Tennessee now, you drop to five. All right, who loses? It's a game at that point. <laughs> <laughs> it's a game of attrition. Uh, but only four undefeated teams left, and they're all in the playoff. Rightfully so, they are the the top four teams in the college football playoff rankings. Um, not overly surprised, or I should say, not overly impressed with TCU, but got to give them credit. They found ways to win, and that should mean something. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. I'd pick Tennessee in a game over them. Probably. Probably. I don't know, TCU apparently just has the voodoo to be able to win all these games. Because haven't they injured a bunch of the opposing quarterbacks in their wins? <laughs> have they? <laughs> I thought I heard that they'd done that. Again, I've not paid close attention to TCU. I just heard they'd done that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, 435-339-0321. Uh, yeah, if you want to weigh in on the college football playoff poll that's now out, uh, Utah State men's and women's basketball, some nice wins last night. Uh, Utah Jazz also with a nice win last night over the Lakers. Now, there was no LeBron James, Lonnie Walker the fourth, 
or Patrick Beverly. So they, yeah, they were shorthanded, but uh, there was a steady dose of Anthony Davis, and Utah kind of struggled a little bit on how to defend him. Uh, it was clear he was trying to make a statement that he was going to be the guy, and really, frankly, he was the guy. It is was the only remaining guy for them. But I do have to give credit for um, still how Utah defended him and uh, and found ways to win. Uh, despite uh, being able to not be totally uh, uh, matched exactly with his skill set, Lowry Markinen, uh, yeah, he, he kind of has room to grow defensively against players like Anthony Davis, but there's not many players like Anthony Davis in this league. But uh, Jordan Clarkson, Mike Connolly, Talon Horton Tucker had some great plays down the stretch, very physical, aggressive plays, and the Jazz get it done and win in pretty big fashion, 139 to 116. Well, the thing is, in both games against the Lakers, kind of over the weekend, or you know, late last week into the weekend, Anthony Davis had good games in both. He had 22 in the first game, 29 in the second game. They didn't really have an answer for him in either game. Um, of course, the Jazz were missing, you know, Jared Vanderbilt, you know, Defensive Player of the Year, Jared Vanderbilt. <laughs> Just start saying that. Because <laughs> his, his advanced stats put him in that category. But, you know, they're missing him. So they're missing a defensive and rebounding presence, which is what would help against Anthony Davis. Granted, I think Vanderbilt was in for the first game, and it only sort of helped. Um but yeah, when when it's just Anthony Davis, unless he goes for like forty or fifty, there was only so much he was going to be able to do. So it just comes down to the fact that somehow in both games Russell Westbrook turned into a really good three point shooter. Yeah. Two for three last night. That was yeah. bizarre. And then I think he was like three for five in the other game. So it's like he just plays really well against the Jazz. And then loses still a bunch because, you know, Loses both of these games, despite him having really good games in you know both outings. But still, the Jazz are just playing really good. Great article today on The Athletic, for those who subscribe by Tony Jones, about Mike Connolly and just kind of the uncertainty in the offseason for him and his family, uh, debating whether they should still enroll their kids into schools in the Salt Lake area or not. Um, but then just kind of a, the renewed vigor from him. Uh, I didn't realize that that Will Hardy is four months younger than Mike Connolly. <laughs> so basically, he's treating Mike Connolly as another coach. He's a He is a floor general. He's letting Mike Connolly call some of the plays, and he's being a very steadying, calming influence, and where the ball is in his hands and he doesn't have to try to share it with with Donovan Mitchell and forcing Donovan Mitchell into being more of a point guard and facilitator. Just let Mike Connolly do what Mike Connolly does best and what he's done for his whole career. And we're seeing what this Jazz team can look like with him kind of uh, manning this ship. And I also found it interesting just how he talked about his relationship, his growing relationship with Colin Sexton and how that pairing has come about and how he's really mentoring him to be a more refined player, but also to improve little things on the on the floor to make him a better player. And we're we're seeing it. He's doing things that Colin Sexton didn't do in his earlier years in Cleveland. Yeah, Mike Conley. Um, 
may not be on the highlight reel, except for every now and again one of his step-back threes or a floater. But the dude really is the engine driving this team. Um, and one thing that's kind of interesting with uh, Quinn Snyder is that with his system, people who had high-volume assists just didn't put up those same numbers under Quinn Snyder. It was just his system where nobody got a lot of assists. Um, Ricky Rubio averaged like eight, nine assists for his career, came into Utah, averaged like five. Mike Conley was averaging six. Oh, oh, let's see if I can pull it up, how many he was averaging in in Memphis. Um, yeah, he was averaging, I guess, actually pretty similar. Um, but you know, in Utah, his first year when he came in, he averaged like 4.4. After averaging like 5.7, he went up after that, so it wasn't that big of a difference for Conley. But of course, with Will Hardy, Conley's currently averaging like seven and a half. He had 12 last night. Yeah, so it's like there were several players, and you see Donovan Mitchell. He's gone from you know Utah to to Cleveland. He's averaging a bunch of assists now, more than the you know three or four he averaged with Utah. Um, and I don't know if that's a knock on Quinn Snyder or not, but it is interesting that Mike Conley is just expanded into uh, so much more of a playmaker with this team in terms of the passes that he's sending out to all the different players. And he's not the only one averaging you know, a bunch more assists than normal. Yeah, I was a little worried about Jordan Clarkson and how he might uh, evolve into a, an expanded role if he may just pound the ball a lot more and fancy dribble, dribble, dribble. I'm going to move around and shake and eventually put up a shot in a weird you know, twisting my body kind of way, but it might still go in. But uh, he was kind of a black hole uh, before, to some degree. I mean, he I think that's maybe an unfair characteristic of him because he did share the ball more than some people realize. But but uh, he is he's sharing the ball more, and he's becoming more of a facilitator with an expanded role offensively and helping this team. And just his personality, I think, is also helping this team stay loose and have fun on the court because that's that's totally who Jordan Clarkson is. Yeah, Clarkson's playing like an all-star guard. Uh, he's, he doesn't quite have the you know influencer you know recogni- you know name recognition to actually get that. But you know, 18 points, five assists. He's playing like a lead scoring guard. And yeah, in terms of his personality and all that, he is right now a flawless fit in Utah. Honestly, if you traded him somewhere else. I don't think he averages 18 and 5. Even if, if he plays more minutes in a bigger role, I don't think he would average the same points per game and efficiency and, and assists per game because I think everything just fits for him in Utah. But don't tell any of the other teams I said that because there's still part of me that wonders they should trade Jordan Clarkson for picks. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, the reports are, according to Shams Sharania with The Athletic, there are multiple teams calling the Jazz on a regular basis inquiring about Jordan Clarkson and Malik Beasley. Yeah, they're they're both playing very well in their respective roles. Yeah, Beasley with the start with uh, uh, Vanderbilt sidelined and uh, 22 minutes of play, four for seven from three, 14 points overall, two boards, one assist, and uh, pretty solid defense too on the perimeter. Yeah, and they're both the kind of players that teams are going to want to add as supplements to their contending roster guys that uh, you'd probably bring in as a sixth man or maybe as a plug-and-play into the starting lineup if you if you feel like you have a hole in your starting lineup. But, you know, that's maybe for Jordan Clarkson where maybe you'd plug him into your starting lineup. Malik Beasley, you'd 
trade for him as a, you know, the way that the Jazz traded for Jordan Clarkson years back. Yeah. They needed to fill a hole in their bench, and they did, and he filled it literally perfectly. Um, so Jordan Clarkson may be a little higher than Malik Beasley in terms of his potential. He could potentially be a starter for some teams. But yeah, there's there's reason they're calling for Clarkson and Beasley because they are maybe hoping that they'll be somewhat cheap but add a lot of value. But of course, Danny Ainge not going to sell them for cheap. No. Especially now that the team's like 9-3. and three. Yeah, they're playing really well. Everybody's got much more value all of a sudden. It's like Danny Ainge tried to tank this team and he somehow made it better. <laughs> and that was also kind of interesting in that article with uh, Connolly, just how this team... After one of the first practices, Connolly's like, well, "This isn't this isn't a bad team. This isn't going to be a bad team. We're going to be a we're going to be a competitive bunch here." And they these were guys who they're on Twitter, they're on Instagram, they're on social media. They read what's going on in the media. They saw all the press, and they come together like, well, "You know what? We're we're not a bad team, and we're going to prove you all wrong." Yeah, they're, it's they're, fun while the, the way they're doing it right now. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and I'll be honest. I said this on Twitter. I'm not sure what I'm enjoying more about this team. Uh, all of the wins so far or all of the memes? <laughs> <laughs> because the internet is putting forth its abs- It's putting its best foot forward in terms of jazz meme content. Oh, it the, is the memes after that Jordan Clarkson dunk over LeBron and Westbrook. Standing <laughs> yeah. looking up it like is, he's an angel from heaven. It is literally... My phone background. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so it is. It is amazing. Uh, it's good stuff. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. Love to hear from you on the uh, full court press. Uh, college football playoff rankings are out. Utah State men's and women's basketball with their season and home openers last night. Utah Jazz another big win over the Lakers. It's all good here on the full court press. Your skis are skinny and your boots tie with leather. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You need up-to-date ski equipment and your kids want the good stuff. Al Sporting Goods has season ski rental for the entire family. Ski and board equipment that you can rent for the entire season. Pick them up now, bring them back in May. And for a limited time, get a free Cherry Peak Lift Pass. Youth season ski or snowboard rental, only $99. Adult season ski or snowboard rentals, only $114. Don't wait, 99 and 114 seasons ski rental prices will go up. Al's Sporting Goods for season ski rentals. Every sport, every season. This is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. We are humbled by and grateful for the tremendous support we have been shown since opening our doors nearly two years ago. So we just want to say thank you. On behalf of everyone at White Pine, first and foremost, thank you for allowing us the honor and privilege of serving you and caring for your loved ones. Additionally, Thank you for voting White Pine the best mortuary in Cache Valley in both 2021 and 2022. White Pine Funeral Services, here when you need us most. You've been putting up with a dirty, dusty wood stove for years. Why haven't you changed it? Go to Advanced Fireplace and Stove in Logan. Look through their showroom for ideas on quadrifier pellet and wood stoves and heat and glow gas fireplaces. They have several demos in place so you can see firsthand how your project will look. And you can trust the pros at Advanced Fireplace and Stove. They'll do the job right. Advanced Fireplace and Stove, 752-7272. Online at advancedfireplaceandstove.com.
You have to see it to believe it. The new Three Peaks Medical Plaza is Cache Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in the Three Peaks Medical Plaza in North Logan. The entire staff and Drs. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and Three Peaks Medical Plaza, 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to CacheValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. It's game time, and you're in the locker room, ready to take the field. But suddenly, you notice a player you don't recognize. He's wearing your team's jersey, and he even knows your name. But you've never seen him before now. Would you trust this stranger with your team's playbook? That's exactly how phishing scams work. And the first quarter of 2022 saw the highest volume of phishing attacks ever recorded. Protect your business with the Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Love to hear from you as well. 435-339-0321. Full Court Press text line. Uh, and apologize, 1181. Didn't see this earlier, but we were talking about the college football playoff and the uh, rankings, which just came out this hour. And Tulane and UCF. We're talking about how they are the lone G5 representatives in the poll. And uh, let's see, Tulane was... Uh, I think they were 17 or thereabouts. Were they a little higher than that? Uh, let's see, Tulane was, uh, yeah, 17, UCF 22. And uh, our 1181 texts in and says, UCF plays Tulane this weekend. I think you mean, UCF plays Tulane this weekend. <laughs> Yes, it was all in caps. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Jason, for uh, the representation there. Got to go. You typed it a certain way. I got to say it. And I, also had to, <laughs> I also had to move the mic about five feet away from my face while I yelled that so I didn't blow everyone's ears out. Uh, yeah, this should be a good game. You know, it's uh, 130 on ESPN2, UCF at, uh, at Tulane. Big showdown in the American Athletic. Can watch it before like the eight thirty kickoff for Utah State. Or is it nine? Oh, Ugh. it's late. Tulane is favored by two. Uh yeah, the Utah State. I always hate these games in Hawaii. I don't know why they can't figure out a way to play these games earlier. Like play them in the morning. Considering local time. the the opportunity for viewership on the mainland. I think it's because it's less likely to rain in the evening than it is during the day. Maybe. I don't know why. I think it's just Hawaii knows they can't get a more decent time slot. And so they say, well, we own Hawaii after dark, whatever, because it's like, you know, they know they're going to be the only ones on at, you know, 11 p.m. And so they say, well, we're just going to catch all those different people that aren't quite ready for college football to be over. And so they turn on our game because we're the only ones left. Well, but you can't really watch it. I mean, the providers are really slim in how they 
They make it available, so you have to be on the islands basically to watch the game. Yeah, I um, I have to figure out how to watch this game. I think you have to. We'll have a way here. Yeah, but yeah, the game kicks off at nine p.m. That's dumb. <sighs> I mean, it is kind of nice when I'm I'm somebody who will stay up till two in the morning, and so thinking, oh, I could watch some college football while I'm just usually the only I'll be, I'll be like lying in bed. I'll get in bed at like twelve, then I'll just lie awake for a couple hours. <laughs> Remember, years ago, Bob Apoon and I were in the studio doing Aggie Call, and this was on the weekend where it was uh, daylight saving time was ending, and we have an atomic clock in the other room, and we're sitting there and it doing post game, and we were actually getting calls at one thirty, two in the morning, and and it hit, which would have been two a.m., and that atomic clock started going backwards to go back to 1 o'clock, and it was just the weirdest feeling. Like, I am in a studio watching a clock go backwards, doing live radio, and I'm still getting phone calls. It's like, does it physically, like, count back toward 1 o'clock? It doesn't just, like... Uh, it's one of those that has a, a hand. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so I'm used to seeing, like, the digital. <laughs> that is that would be really weird. That would be weird. Hold on, am I in a movie? Uh, Aggies are favored by 11 and a half, by the way. Yeah, I don't know if they'll cover that spread. Have they covered a spread yet this season? Oh, they covered actually. They covered against uh, New Mexico because of that. Oh, because of the late, recovery. late touchdown. So those of you who bet who bet on Utah State covering the spread, I'm sure we're very grateful for that. Uh, two interesting showdowns in the Mountain West this weekend. The first will be Friday night, CBS Sports Network, Fresno State at UNLV. Um, Rebels have kind of cooled off compared to where they started the season, but still a you know, decent team. But also uh, Hainer's back for Fresno State. Uh, interesting to see how he plays. Uh, but then the other one would be San Jose State at San Diego State, Saturday night at 8.30 on FS1. The only interesting thing about San Diego State is to uh, see whether or not they'll score 10 points. <laughs> Over-under is 41.5. They're predicting a low-scoring game. <laughs> Bet the under. Because <laughs> San Jose State will score 30 points and it'll still be the end. <laughs> it, I'm not saying they will score 30 points because San Diego State's got a good defense on them. So San Diego State probably not going to score more than 14 points. But did you hear about their administration is done down there in San Diego? Uh, no, I've not paid attention to it. They're basically slashing ticket prices in half for oh, the I, last three home games. Okay, I actually did hear because about that. nobody is showing up. Beautiful new stadium. Expensive new campus edition, which they've done. And nobody's showing up to watch San Diego State. That is absolutely hilarious. Cause I, didn't the Mountain West, you know, fawn over that in the oh my media days or yes. something like that? Where like, The whole big thing was Qualcomm Stadium. It's too big. It's vacuous, right? It's just huge and empty. Nobody's there. Nobody comes. It's not convenient. So we'll tear it down. We'll build a new stadium that's more con- conducive to what we want to do. Uh, and it's a part of our stadium expansion overall. It's going to be great. We're going to have all this fan support. It's going to be awesome. And they build it, and you know, ribbon cutting to all this fanfare. <laughs> Nobody's showing up. They like showed up the first week, and then they all got heat stroke, and then nobody <laughs> came after that. It's just a boring brand of football. That doesn't help either. Yeah, and they're like the 17th show on the block, you know, in California. Yeah, there's so many other things to do. It's like we talk about being, you know, a sideshow in the state of Utah. At least we're still in, like, top ten. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, another quick timeout here in the Full Court Press. When we come back, stat that blew our minds and our player of the week. For over 20 years, Ages Home Health and Hospice has been providing health care to Cash, Box Elder, and Rich Counties. Whatever or wherever your health care needs, Ages' goal is to meet those needs. Ages Home Health and Hospice core values are character, experience, and trust. Ages, A-E-G-I-S, striving to provide the health care services you need. Ages Home Health and Hospice. Call 723-9000 or find them at myages.com. This is Dustin with Valvolinus and Oil Change in Logan. Whatever you do, don't forget to change the oil in your car. My team at Valvolinus and Oil Change will get you in and out quickly. Stay in your car and relax, all while your car is being serviced by trained professionals. Valvolinus and Oil Change, 695 North Main in Logan, across from Angie's. Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Service you can see. Experts you can trust. It's that first kiss, that moment. Over the last few years, we have expanded the store to create one of the largest engagement selections in northern Utah. In addition to our goldsmith, we now have a design team that creates, casts, and brings to life your one-of-a-kind ring right here in our store, all for one common goal, to make it special for you. If you haven't been in yet, come see what makes us so special. Make it special, make it jealous. Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit job.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and Jason Walker helps when the microphones are on. Otherwise, I'm just shouting in an empty room. Uh... Wrapping up the uh, second hour here on the Full Court Press. And getting back to uh, uh, the stat that blew our minds and our player of the week. You know, and it's, it's been a minute since we've heard the official, you know, uh, produced liner <laughs> to get us into this. Not the impromptu one I did. So let's, let's do this all official-like. Let's take a look at the numbers. It's the stat that blew our minds. He did what? On the Full Court Press. Wow, that blew my mind. All right, Jason, since you were actually more prepared for this, <laughs> uh, I'll let you go first. So let me tell you a story, because I was, uh, Saturday night, was scrolling through some of the college football scores, and I came across one score. And for a second, I thought I had stumbled upon the college basketball scores section. Because the final score of the SMU Mustangs and the Houston Cougars football game was 77-63. Oh, my word. <laughs> like my jaw Holy cow. Like almost hit the floor. Somebody played defense. So it was insane. And for fun, I was talking with, with my brother. We calculated the uh, fantasy points that the two quarterbacks would have had. I, mean, I forget who got which, but... Um, Tanner Mordecai had nine touchdowns, 379 passing yards. Clayton Toon had like 500 passing yards, seven touchdowns, 111 rushing yards. They both had 
over 62 fantasy points each. Oh my gosh. One was 63, one was 62, but it was like, it was an insane. Literally, like that. We talk about blow our minds. It did that for me. <laughs> it's nuts. All right, interesting weekend in the NFL. Uh, last week, the first week in the Super Bowl era, where four teams finished with the exact same final score, 20 to 17. Chargers beat the Falcons, Jets over the Bills, Vikings over the Commanders, and Chiefs over the Titans. And that's not all. All four were come-from-behind victories. So you talk about similar scores, the Utah State men and women doing it, the 75-58. Yeah, that's right. The NFL's doing it, too. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and uh, finally to our Player of the Week. Time to see who the real MVP is. If you have a good game, your game is going to say that. You, know, you don't have to say it. There's a lot of cool things in perspective anytime you're the first time doing something. It's the Full Court Press Player of the Week. Let's go! All right, who you got this week, Jason? So obviously I could have gone with you. I brought up those guys for SMU or Houston, especially Clayton Toon, who had over 640 total yards. God, it's insane. But I'm going to stick local as I usually like to. Pick up you know, the guy locally that had a really good game. And with that, I'm going to go with Jordan Clarkson. Mm. Uh, you know, Look at the three-game stretch against uh, the L.A. where they played Lakers twice and the Clippers once. In that three-game stretch, he averaged 21.7 points, 4.7 rebounds, four assists, 54.3% from the field, 59% from three. Oh, dude wow. was Dude was a flamethrower yes, against was. L.A., and he burned L.A. to the ground. Yes. That, uh, that three-point shot as the clock was expiring. Yeah, just... Fading out of bounds. Smooth as smooth as it gets. And, of course, that dunk... In L.A., just that was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, for me, I have to give it to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, as we mentioned, he was part of one of those come-from-behind victories over the weekend. Uh, but he's the first Chiefs player with back-to-back 400-yard passing games. But besides that, he accounted for 82% of his team's rushing yards. Uh, fifth highest percent by a quarterback over the last 20 seasons, highest since Cam Newton was uh, responsible for 87% of his team's rushing yards back in 2017. But he's the sixth quarterback this week to lead his team in rushing. Sam Ellinger, Justin Fields, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, and Kyler Murray all led their teams in rushing, but Mahomes is the only one that led them led his team to a victory. There you go. That's what he does. He wins. That, and that was a wild game. Go yeah. to overtime. Uh, and he just stretched those plays, made it happen to get themselves into a position to win. Uh, great game for uh, not not scoring like that college football game. Yeah, no, absolutely but, not. But uh, exciting in different ways. Well, Tom Brady also got himself a comeback win, too, I believe. Uh, yes, he did. Yes, he did. So, still Tom Brady, even at 45. <laughs> the Rams are a mess. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, I didn't like it, well, but I, I still picked them. I think we both picked like the Raiders as a dark horse Super Bowl team, too. Yeah, we, <laughs> but we both liked the Raiders. Um, I did still pick the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl, so one half of that is looking okay. I remember talking about liking Philadelphia, and I think you mocked me early on. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't like Philadelphia all that much. And no. I uh, don't, I do not, I granted, I picked Jalen Hurts in two different fantasy leagues. <laughs> so I liked Jalen Hurts in the fantasy quarter credit for that. Just didn't like uh, the Philadelphia, you know, actually winning games part. 
Uh, hey, tomorrow we'll get more into Utah State and Hawaii, breaking down the matchups and the storylines as Utah State gets ready to make the long trip and uh, try to get to 500 in conference play. Until then, have a great night, everybody.